Hello. How you doing? Universe. <laughs> uh, I am not nearly as high as I probably sound. Well, maybe I am as high as I sound. I don't know. I've been... Um, well, I've been looking for another round of concentrates and uh, have um, located an establishment that's got Golden Goat and Super Lemon Haze for 28 bucks out the door for both in one gram sugar wax. So, yay. And as a result of this, I thought, well, fuck, man. We are long overdue on this podcast slash recording slash confession slash somebody stop this motherfucker from talking experience. Um, we are long overdue for uh, an A-B test? No. Is that even... Okay, let's just say that we're going to record this recording with the weed concentrates I have on hand, which are basically a mix of tumble concentrates. One's called Slurricane Slushy, the other one's called London Pound Mints. So you grab all the trimmings and whatever from similar plants, roll them in a drum until you uh, shake out enough uh, uh, resin and etc. to form it into these um, tasty little concentrates. But they're not strain-specific. So while you might get, say, a creative, uplifting moment of realization from your dab of London Pound Mints, <clears throat> you also might get the munchies. Or you might get horny. Or you might fall asleep. Or you might start to think, I really should be cleaning my closet up right now because it's so disorganized. If I don't get in there and do something about my shoes, how am I ever going to know which shoes to wear when it gets to be fall? All of those things are potentially available when you dip into the tumble crumble. <clears throat> but when you go for the strain specific, Golden Goat, Super Lemon Haze, for instance, now you're going for a certain effect. And in the world of weed, well, those two are top five for sure for me. Durban Poison, Super Lemon Haze, Golden Goat, Blue Dream, Maui Wowie, Jack Herrera, Bruce Banner. Uh, hard to say what the top five are. Top ten would even be challenging. But once you start to get two of your favorite five concentrates in profile and in nugget tumble fashion, which is supposedly what these are, well then, now you're talking about not only wanting an experience to uh, present itself in the consistency that it, you're used to, but knowing that that experience should, let's emphasize should, should produce higher quality content right here. So the A-B test for today, which is not probably correct, I'm sure it's not correct to call this an A-B test, the uh, before and after picture that we're going to take today of my brain <clears throat> well, we're currently in the before, and I'm going to go ahead and hit this London Pound Mints just so we can get some some actual <coughs> influence going on the torch. Now, oh, God, I knocked them both over. Good thing they weren't hot. Um, 
yeah, stumbling through this dab apparently is my current trial and tribulation. Not to compare myself to Christ. There is no Christ, so how could you compare yourself to him? I mean, you could compare yourself to the fictional version of the Messiah that we call Jesus Christ. But, again, I don't have any historical record of this guy. And he was pretty phenomenal. So you'd think somewhere, some newspaper or clay tablet or stone engraving of the time would say, Yo, dude walks on water and turned all my fucking water into wine? I mean, he can stay all weekend as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But, no, there's none of that. So, given that the Romans were prone to record-keeping, um, and, again, seems like the kind of guy you would keep a record of, well, other than the crucifixion uh, data that can somewhat be tied to a historical character, uh, the rest of it just seems like amalgamation or confabulation or... Maybe straight up Mandela effect. Maybe Jesus got mandela Maybe Jesus is Mandela. <gasps> Could Mandela be Jesus? I don't know. Maybe after this dab. But was Jesus black? I think he was Arabian. Is Arabian a, a race? Should I stop talking now? Probably. Pause. All I'm saying is the guy was born in Jerusalem. I mean, Bethlehem, right? I think. Is that the... Whatever. He was born in the Middle East. He wasn't white, right? So, I figure, best case scenario, he kind of looked like, what? Lorenzo Lamas? Or maybe more like, hmm, that dude who plays Aquaman. What's his name? He would have been a sweet-ass Jesus. He could still be Jesus. You know who he should be? He should seriously be uh, Chris Cornell in a Soundgarden fucking documentary. Um, but, you know, if he can sing. All right. So, so far, the uh, London Poundments has gotten me musically oriented, as well as talking about people who are suicided. Um, and was Chris Cornell suicided? Is that who I'm talking about? Or am I thinking of that guy from Lincoln Park? Anyway, let's not tiptoe around the territory that is so tempestuous, known as, well, let's not even give it a name. We'll call it Baltimore. I wonder what it's like to work for them. I'll bet it's terrible. I'll bet, I'll bet it's awesome, except when it's terrible. And when it's terrible, it's so bad that you think, holy fucking shit, man. Like... My whole reality is shaking right now. Hmm. I mean, anytime you walk in on your boss and they turn into a lizard or turn back into a human from a lizard, if that kind of shit's going on, yeah, yeah, that's discombobulating. But I'm not saying that's the territory we're in here. But let's not drop that as a possibility for what's gone wrong. Because more than anything, what we should talk about today is what is happening to young men. Honestly, men in their 20s, and I was a, a perturbed, complexified, irrational, dung-loving... Oh, what is that spider? Where are you going so fast, and what are you? I didn't kill it or anything, but still, I'm fascinated by it. I've never seen one of you before. You creep me out. 
Why are you running under my bed? Okay. Spiders aside. Now, would you please leave the room? At least leave my eyesight. Dog, why'd you freeze? What you doing there? All right, big light coming. All right, I gotta really see what you look like. Wow, you're a fucking big one. Well, I'm tempted to shoo you out the front door because, frankly, I don't want you under my bed. But, live and let live. Um, I do live in a house infested with black widows, which makes my reaction to this spider maybe seem a little nonchalant, but if you think about, he's not a black widow, I don't think. Nope, too big. Um, you know, whatever. He's racing across the room trying to get away from something. Reality is he knows it. Why would I interfere? He's not going to interfere with my life, so live and let live. Uh... Don't go into the cellar. That's where all the Black Widows are, and they probably eat your kind. Okay, back to... Back. That that little spider scurrying across the floor, and then freezing, still in the same position. Literally, as if it's waiting for me to step on it. This... Oh, till right now. Then he ran away at lightning speed. This, <laughs> unfortunately, is in some ways, the perfect metaphor for men in their 20s. And I know I'm being a generalist here. I'm hyper-aware of all of the reasons that you should not be listening to me. Many of which are, I have nothing of value to say. But it's my experience lately that the actions of 20-something men are so far afield from what even uh, hyper-testosterone-laden stupidity actions look like, there, um, there's, an, there's a, a wide streak of defeatism in this group. They are waiting to be told that they're the problem. I think they've heard that men are the useless cogs in the machine, the waste product of the efficiency cycle that is the feminine unity of goodness and wholesomeness, that they are the hmm, the monkey wrench in the toolbox. I don't know. I really don't. Because I was given an, another side of that coin entirely. The exceptional, empowered, do anything you want, believe in yourself, even when you're doubting yourself. You're only doubting yourself because you fear your own ability to realize the potential that you hold to see greatness. I mean, fuck. Message to the point that I should have known it was bullshit. But never to be put in a position to think <clears throat> I'm waiting to be told I'm the problem. And and I'm not saying that, that this was something the other gender was receiving either. Although I always did think men, boys, whatever, were favored in school, were favored in, in career choice, were favored in fucking test prep. I mean, the boys were favored by everybody. The culture favored us. And I knew it because I had very many girl 
friends, meaning friends who are female, who are easily as talented or more so than me in many of the verticals I thought mattered, but would never see the level of recognition for their capabilities that just a small glimmer of said uh, said skill might provide someone, say, like me. So I knew these were things that were changing, but slowly. And throw race in there too, no doubt. But enough of the change was happening in my lifetime to believe that we were overcoming these from my point of view, nuanced, but from anybody else's point of view, oppressive segments that lingered in society's attempt to um, find its conscience. <clears throat> but find its conscience, I felt like we were doing. I, you could see the progress. You could see that the opportunities were greater for the decade behind my sister than they were for my sister, and that she had greater opportunities than the decade in front of her. So on a timeline that was real, it was easy to think the world was getting better. <clears throat> now this was, in retrospect, window dressing to um, hmm, placate our attention enough that undermining the systems uh, systemically, system systemically, awesome. Um, what I'm trying to get out here is because we were looking at things like love, see, no color, or um, in today's variants, um, Black Lives Matter, it did, whatever social bubble is there to be popped so that all eyes look to see what the, uh, what the ruckus is. Well, in my day, there was a lot of uh, emerging uh, uh, space being uh, claimed by alternative sexual orientations. That work started when I was younger, teens to 20s. Um, that same work had been done and was being... Um, what do you want to say about where race was in the 80s? Hmm, misled. I mean, you think back about stuff like... Um, um, what's his name in L.A.? Uh, the guy that got beaten up by the cops... And uh, his, shit, I can't believe I can't think of his name. Um, his response to everything with the, with the, you know, we must come together. I don't know. Rodney King. The just, the times didn't really start unwinding themselves and, and exposing that they were, mm, they were mysteriously prone to, um, to what-the-fuck moments, all the way up to 9-11, right? And that's the ultimate what-the-fuck moment. So then, given that I had enough life to know what the dissolution of cultural normatives became, well, I feel for all the 20-something men. They are unmoored in choppy seas of messaging that is doing anything but helping them gain orientation or find inner strength or just live a life of 
somewhat satisfactory return. Career, relationship, family, finance, self-worth. Um, prospects for an improved life. These all seem like dials that are turned down. In a world in which none of that's actual, it just is the the it's the current fucking page of the drama that we're all playing. It's as simple as that. And the problem that I see is your apathy toward the situation or your your distance from your actual immersion in the participation of the reality that is right outside your door, living in a virtual space on a phone, in a room with a comfy chair and a fucking sock full of cum. It's a disservice to your own human experience that you came into a place where all that behavior was not just accommodated, it was normalized. All your friends are in the same fucking position unless they happen to be extremely talented at something or washed into a vertical of unusual acceleration. Maybe they applied to work some winter in Antarctica and have been there for 15 years. Who knows what gets you out of the fucking zombie routine of looking at your phone for reinforcement for your life. But the cause of the day is to find a way to tap into the insanity that is starting to permeate the behavior of all 20-somethings in some way or another. I'm not saying they're all going postal, but they are all self-reducing what they're here to both experience and provide, which is a huge chunk of loss in terms of the motivated, numb to outcome disaster potentials, just the energy that it is to have the numb skulls, the knuckleheads, the fucking criminals, the 20-something male energy, combustible though it is, stupid as it can be, and frankly, as hard-headed as it almost always is, is a motivating drive toward all of society. Some of us are constantly playing catch-up just to the energy that that is in a life filled with reward from having been there to support. And, and none of that's here right now. It's just a malaise. It's, it's like the smart motherfuckers have been planning it for two decades to turn that which is the least likely to go along, get along, into that which thinks they're the reason that everybody else feels shit's gone to hell. Not only are they going along to getting along, they're blaming themselves for the situation along the way. It's fucked up. And I'm not even saying guys aren't the problem. 
We probably are. If I had to guess, I'd put my money on guys. But this, this dismantling of the vigor of our youth, well, fortunately, it's not in the open mic comedy scene. Those motherfuckers, though they be misguided, they be motivated, they be energized, they be filled with the necessity that it is to grasp this moment and make it better. Where the rest of these guys have gone, I don't know. Passive, aggressive, dismantling of the male motivation. That's what it is. There's no motivation in them. And uh, I had a really, really, really good conversation with somebody yesterday for about an hour that was easily the best 20-something male conversation I've had in two years. And it's because of this connection in, in a admittedly uh, logger jam relationship up until then that I started thinking, okay, what's stripping them of their expression to be themselves? And in this particular instance, well, it was stuff that I already knew. I knew that... I mean, this is the typical stuff, right? If you happen to work with your girlfriend, the days that your girlfriend's not at work and you are, you're a much better person to hang out with. Period. Because all that other shit's not going on. And this was the first time I'd had a chance to hang out with this guy without his girlfriend at work. And not hang out with him, but meaning we were on the same shift, so we had eight hours of running into each other. And frankly kept having better and better exchanges because he's not trying to either one-up me. You know, I mean, just all the things that guys have in their head when they're in proximity to their girlfriend, but not like on a date. They're just, uh, how could you work with somebody you fucking date? I don't know. Uh, it's all so awful. But of course it happens to everybody and it's happened to me a thousand times. So I'm not about to say that it's not the kind of thing that you just have to deal with. But... This suffocating environment that we've all been in at least once, when released from it, well, the next moment in time is probably the first moment in time that's true. Like, whatever you ask me and I respond and you respond back, I assume comes untainted with the mist of others. And it just kept building. To the point where finally I was like, okay, maybe you two aren't so oil and water. Like, there's a lot more here than I knew about either one of you once I get either one of you alone to have a conversation about who you are and what you're up to and what your life goals look like. Like, really interesting. And and (laughs) because he's aware enough that the people around him have lost their sense of drive, He's starting to think he needs to be in overdrive while the opportunities are right in front of him. And I was like, fuck yeah, you do. I mean, there is nothing right now that you should be limiting yourself as a 20-something in your trajectory as to what you can accomplish. Because everybody that's trying to accomplish something online is going to fail except 1%, maybe less than that. 
So the 99% of them that just think, oh fuck, I couldn't get that done, I suck, are just going to reinforce messaging that isn't necessarily true, but is vibrant for the taking if you're willing to go fail. So how do you not fail? You get into the real world. You see where there's all kinds of opportunity to show anybody that you have drive or ambition. And you take whatever vertical looks tantalizing and you run with it. I don't care if you have to sample four different things before you finally find a fifth thing that feels right. But once you're there, show motivation, show drive, show a fucking flair for doing things because you're interested in them. And this world will respond to you. (sighs) Man, I know you can't go back in time and live your life all over again. But if I were a 25-year-old male right now, the, the world is your oyster. You just need to see how to grab it. So maybe that's what I'll spend my time on Super Lemon Haze and Golden Goat discussing. Probably not.